Good Thursday. Good. I see. I have trouble at the beginning. It's just one of those things. Yeah, the beginning. The beginning is is hard for everyone. Yeah. There's no script. We're just here. It's Thursday morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, good racers. It's Thursday. Uh, we're here to do uh, devotionals with you. We hope that you're enjoying this. Uh, we are going to be looking at a proverb today from Proverbs365.com. This proverb is 22, 24 through 25. Don't be afraid angry people or associate don't be i'm sorry don't be afraid of angry people <laughs> sometimes that's it sometimes it's good to be afraid of angry people <laughs> don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people that's better or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul that is true i think because uh, what does that make you think of? I think it probably we probably have the same thought here. Really? All right, you you tell me. Oh, and okay, I'll, you were right. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. Do okay. not befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you'll learn to be like them. So, what happens when somebody posts something provocative on social media that you vehemently disagree with? I then you it. say. I disagree with this, right? Very thoughtful. I'm sure that, you know, you and me and our, our listeners, we're, we go into it very loving, thoughtful. We, we just respond like Christ and say, this is completely ridiculous that you said that. No, but you go in there and then what happens? They come back and it escalates and then it escalates. And it pretty soon you're taught. Maybe I'm just talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty soon I'm at the bottom of the barrel, you know, it's pretty soon. I'm just so angry and I'm just like irate and I'm like, I'm upset about this issue that I didn't even care about. And it really has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And, um, you know, people get real passionate and it's not that the passion is unfounded, but, um, when you're, when you're talking to somebody who's got that hot temper, um, you just are really angry about Pokemon memes. Yeah, and you you do tend to you do tend to match um, the tone, right? Yeah. If they if they show up with a tone, you match it, and then they escalate it, then you escalate it. Yep. And um, it's interesting. It says, "Or you'll endanger your soul." Yeah. It's a fascinating. This it's a pretty high consequence. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually got rid of my Facebook for this very reason. And that wasn't because I was, um, couldn't be trusted with it. Although in hindsight, uh, many times I couldn't be trusted with it, but what I was noticing is I'm getting alerts by Facebook on a regular basis. It's on my phone and it's been on my phone for what? 10 years. Like it's sort of something that I'm just sort of accustomed to now. Yeah. But when I get the jingle, it's like, okay, well, let's see what my notes are. What, who did something? And, and I scroll through and I see things and it's, making me anxious because the tone of everything is sort of angry and 
annoyed. It's so much bad things. And it's like, when I remember one time, this is a few months ago, I turned off my phone and I realized, or I turned, I closed the app and I just had this epiphany. You feel worse now after spending 10 minutes doing that than you did before you went on that. And I was like, huh. And I've been in this place before. I'm like, well, I need to get rid of it. Why, why would I want something that's just going to make me come away feeling worse after? It was supposed to yeah. benefit me. Yeah. And so uh, I got rid of the app and um, I have not missed it. I still go on Facebook a time to time, usually yep. at the good ratio. But um, the Facebook is fine. I still do go there occasionally, but you know, it's every couple days. Like I'll go check it real quick. I don't have time to look at all the notifications that it tries to give me. I just sort of peruse a little bit, but it's not that daily influx and it's been a huge benefit to me. Sorry to run on, but no, that was good. This uh, proverb validated me. I would say that Facebook for me is just some place where I store photos, but sometimes I'll get, I'll start looking through things and it does kind of frustrate you. You, you see the people that agree with you. And sometimes you're like, you're like, Ooh, I don't like how you agree with me. Sometimes I see someone that totally disagrees with me and, uh, and it's like, Oh, you know, that person they're on, you know, the other team. <laughs> and it's like, like five minutes ago, I was really happy about all of these people, right? Like I, I didn't have any judgmental thoughts and now I go on here and they're all interacting and you know, I was better not interacting with them in this way, but there are some good things about it, right? Like I like, you know, I post pictures of my kids, my, my in-laws who live out of state. They can, they can see that sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. I know but which I, I know what you're saying. Um, over the weekend, Trump was in my neighborhood, and so I went down there just to see because we were everybody was getting an alert on their phone. So yeah. it's like, by the way, it didn't say Trump's here, but it said a dignitary, and so <laughs> basically Newport Beach is going to be closed. And um, I was like, all right, well, let's go see. You know, someone told me a friend of mine said, "Wow, it's a, there's so many people." Yeah. Well, that's just that's just down the street. It's practically outside. I could walk there. So I went down there and yeah, sure enough, everybody is, you know, the majority of people there were, you know, in favor, they're fans of the president. And so they've got huge flags, American flags, Trump flags and hats and, you know, everything's make America great again. And, you know, I was like, you know, there are certainly people here that I, don't, even though I probably do agree with a lot of the political, um, viewpoints that they would have, like, you know, I'm sure they're pro-life, you know, smaller taxes, smaller government. Like in general, I probably agree with a lot of these people. Yeah. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this particular group in a lot of cases. I remember sitting at a, at the crossroads and there was somebody, you know, tons of traffic. So it's parked and somebody was like shaking their head. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't like all you Trump people. And then one of the Trump people grabs a megaphone and starts yelling at the guy. Why are you nodding your head? We just love America. Screw you. And it was like, okay, you got a megaphone. You brought a megaphone with you and you're shouting at traffic. Like you're not my people. And yeah. it's like, uh, it's but 
embodiment of Facebook is what you're saying. Sorry? <laughs> you saw the human Facebook. I saw the human Facebook. And at the same time, you know, just um, also I saw on the news, they tried to have conservatives tried to have a free speech rally in San Francisco. And so it lasted like a few minutes because a mm. bunch of Antifa people came, beat up the cops and beat up the people trying to have their free speech spot. So it's like everybody's going to the hospital and it's like, so somebody who like, I've got a lot of friends who are left leaning liberal types and they wouldn't see that if they were there, they wouldn't be like, yeah, kill them. <laughs> you know? So it's like both sides have, have got that feeling of, I don't want to be this or that, but yeah. And then you go on Facebook and that's what you're shoved with. And they, you know, you're, you're get to be one side or the other. And every argument is just, Oh, so frustrating sometimes. Yep. Anyway, I know I went off way on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. But all right. So later on in the show, we will have a, uh, a segment of Odd or Not. We are going to share a, uh, a, an idea or a, an event. I, I'm not even sure what it is today. But uh, it's from one of our listeners. Something they've got going on. And we will judge whether or not it's odd or not. And uh, you may recall from last week, we had our own Davy Thompson burning his big toenail because it's easier that way. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and we, and that was decidedly odd. All right. So, um, scripture reading, Dave, what do you have for us? The scripture reading today, we're continuing in chapter three. Romans 3, 9 through 19. Well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, under the power of sin, <clears throat> are under the power of sin. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. All right. Romans 3, 19, 3, 9 through 19. Do you know what part of the scripture that is that he's referencing? Wow. No one is righteous, not even one. I no one is wise. I could tell you if you give me a moment, but yeah, I don't recall uh, off the top of my head. Um, I was wondering if that was something, if that was Jesus, um, or if that was maybe Psalms. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the thing, the thing uh, that I thought was the most uh, poignant was that no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Meaning, it doesn't matter how much good you do, you're not going to get there. 
because the law simply shows us how sinful we are, right? The idea of the law being like a mirror, where if you have a, you, if you, if your face is dirty, a mirror will show you that your face is dirty, but you would not use the mirror to wash your face. And um, that's a C.S. Lewis analogy that I think is a pretty good one. Um, and it's funny because it seems like what Paul's really trying to focus on, on, you know, it's like his theme is trying to explain to us how the law is important and how we need to keep God's law and God's commandments. But at the same time, that should be something that is a natural outpouring of our that should be our the desires and what we want to do because we've been changed through salvation in Christ and that doing it without the salvation and the change of heart doesn't mean anything but if you've had the salvation and change of heart but you still desire to live sinfully then you probably haven't had the heart change that we're talking about and so it's this it's this kind of explanation and sort of going into various situations that of misconceptions that you can get trapped into. Do you think yeah. that's a pretty good um, uh, analysis of what we're reading? Absolutely. Yeah. This? And, and I think the mere analogy is so good, right? That the law it shows us, that we are sinful, but you're never going to be able to use the law to achieve salvation, right? You're never going to be good enough. It's just to show you that your face is dirty, just like everyone else's, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just a really important concept to understand. And, uh, yeah. And, and at this time, you know, we would have, the Jews that, uh, you know, this, this is a Jewish idea. This, uh, this section where he's saying no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not even a single one. Their talk is foul, like stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. They don't uh, know where to find peace, and they don't, and they have no fear of God at all. Um, this list—I mean, obviously, it comes from the Old Testament, right? Like, but it's—and I did check it. It's actually coming from a handful of different places from the Old Testament. It's—it's it's kind of like. Uh, he just knew Paul, the scripture so well that he's just yeah, Paul's, pulling Paul's flexing here, right? He's, yeah. he's, Hey, look, I can pull all these concepts and bake them into one, one sentence, uh, or one saying, that's what my dad does. Whenever he's talking about something, he's like, and the Bible says this, and then the Bible says that, and the Bible says this, it's like, well, wow, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. But, uh, but this is a Jewish idea, right? Like that, no one is righteous. And, uh, and so like they had the law and they had to know that it was just pointing out to them that 
like they they don't have it they didn't have the requisite good deeds to to be able to do it on their own hmm. so um yeah well <clears throat> everybody um it's nice to know that everybody is in the same boat in a sense where there are aspects of my life that I feel like I would be, you know, that are not the best, but I feel like if I had the freedom to do it, I would enjoy my life more. There's things that are outside of, you know, what God is asking of me that, you know, I kind of would like to do from time to time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get caught up in the moment and you just think, well, Hey, this is a great party. Let's, let's go to town. Like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that you just, that you have a fork in the road and it's the, the law that shows us how sinful we are. One universal experience is that if you actually measure yourself up with total submission surrender and walking in the spirit, you are going to find parts of your life, moments throughout the day, moments throughout the week where you took your eye off the ball because your own mind, will, and emotions wanted it. And so you went after it. Yeah. And, um, the fact that, you know, and the fact that the Holy spirit convicts you, you know, it's, you know, it was wrong. And that's, it's nice that that's a universal experience. And the, the question is, how are we going to respond to it? And one thing that I find when I'm in other Bible studies and stuff is that um, sometimes we as Christians act like these hypothetical people that Paul seems to always reference. Like, well, you know, we sin every day. Our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. And it does kind of paint a conclusion that you could come to of, yeah, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, let it go. You know, it's no big deal. And, hmm. but somebody who is, who is trying to run the race to win the prize and who's actually living and seeking God's approval there, they realize in themselves, even though the whole world would never condemn them, they know that what they did hurt their relationship with God and the distance between them and God is a felt gap. And some people learn to live with that gap. I learned to live with that gap for nine years um, without ever really figuring out how to fix it. And, but once it's restored, you go, oh, help me not forget this. Like this is where I want to be. And it's, and it's always comes down to what, what is God asking of me? And have I, some, am I living for me or am I living for him? If I'm living for me, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also brings in the Holy spirit, right? Like we want to be obedient to God as much as possible throughout our day. We want to be hearing God's word. It's so exciting when I feel like I'm hearing God sort of push me in a direction or another, right? And sometimes it's sometimes it can be scary or frustrating because it's like that's not what I had in mind. But uh but 
when you weigh the idea of God, the creator of the universe, seems to be guiding me in this direction, and I want to go that direction, when you weigh it and you say, all right, what would be ultimately in the best interest, right? I would prefer to go down God's path. I would prefer to see what what he might give me and bring to me as far as opportunities, you know, for his kingdom, right? Um, and if I go my own way, it's like, that's just me. Right. So, um, I'm always, I mean, I'm not saying that I always do that. Right. But like, it's, if I actually sit and think about it for a second, I want, I want to see what God, where God's going to go. Um, and I, I love that idea. And uh, every, I hope it's a prayer of mine every day that I want to be hearing God's voice, right? Like I want to experience that. And so, uh, yeah, that's where, yeah, we get, <clears throat> I always get mixed up with, um, my decisions are always for me to get something, me to experience something, me to enjoy something, me to, get adulation like my motives are all over the place but it's it's me centered and it always is something tangible that i can either have or experience or like a story or whatever it is that i'm motivated in and it seems like god's motive is more about who i am not what i'm doing right he's he's guiding me to he's working on on me of, um, he's just more concerned about my relationship with him than the things that I get. And sometimes those, those things seem to be at odds and I'm saying this poorly. I, I realize cause I've never really tried to say it before, but does it make, does anything I say make sense? Like the oh, stuff yeah. that, oh, okay. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm falling on my face here, but the, but I do know that God is willing to have me go through trouble yeah. in order to make me more dependent on him. Absolutely. And I don't want to go through the trouble. And so I'm tempted to disobey. And the consequence is, Hey, I don't have to deal with that trouble. So I feel like I won. And from his perspective is you're not near the person you could have been if you had gone through the course that I wanted you to go through, you took the easy path around when I told yeah. you to go through it. So anyway, and then you have good. like John the Baptist, right? Like John the Baptist, he was killed for his belief. And you know, it's that's, and I mean, we have example after example of that. You have uh, Jim Elliot, right? Um, you have people who, are experiencing potential death by following God, uh, God's will for you. And, you know, that is a situation where it's a really tough situation for us to consider. But when you consider the greater will of God and, and the kingdom of God and, and you being <laughs> out of the picture, 
could be the benefit for God's kingdom. And it's not always for my benefit, right? Like it's, it's for God's benefit. That is, that is really, uh, that really can be scary. Yeah. So the Christian knows he's not going to die. True. By, you know, Jesus says, don't fear the person who can just kill you. And that's all they can do. Fear the one who after you're dead can send you to hell. Yes. Fear him. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I think the good takeaway from this is that recognize that the commandments, they're a mirror showing you that you are sinful, but that's all they can do for you. Right. And you go through, you become, uh, when you become a believer, you, you still follow the commandments, but, uh, but you also are tender to the Holy spirit and, uh, working hard to, to be obedient. So Amen. anything else Amen. you want to add? To that? Nope. Nope. All right, so we are back to, that was uh, Romans 3, 9 through 19, and we are back to odd or not. So, David, the theme, fill us in on the this. Today. So the theme for today, odd or not, we have a listener who explained to me that he wears a glove. He wears one glove on his left hand all day, every day. He never takes his glove off. It's a fingerless, like, motorcycle glove. Okay. And he, when he wakes up, it's the first thing he puts on. And the only time he'll take it off is when he is showering. Um, he's Unless it's muddy, he says he'll actually wear it in the shower because um, it's too much for the, for the washing machine. So he'll, sometimes he'll okay. bring it in the shower. But, you know, shower typically... Uh, when he's sleeping, he doesn't normally wear it to bed unless he forgets. Okay. And, or if he's eating a very greasy, like hamburger or something like that, if he's got, uh, eating the food with your hands, he t- will take off the glove because he doesn't want to get the food all stuck in the fingers and that kind of thing. Otherwise, other than that, 24, seven, 365, every minute of the day, he's wearing his, his glove. Even to bed. Huh? Even to bed. He takes it off when he goes to bed. Oh, okay. He said, unless he forgets, sometimes he forgets and wears it to bed because he has it on all the time. But, um, so he's, he proposed that this was something that he does. That's odd because he's never seen anybody else do that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, on its face, it sounds kind of odd. Um, but I, I I suspect there's more to it. There or, is more what, to it. Is um, there more to it? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> because obviously that is odd because Yeah, I mean let's by its face definition, it. who wears he one glove? Uses one glove? Yeah, it's only one. It's only the one glove. It's not mm-hmm. covering the fingers. Yep. And because if you're working, he you have to be able to, you know, dexterity. Yeah. 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 You don't want glove fingers all the time. Yeah. And you got to use your phone and stuff. Right. Um, interesting. Yeah. Um, it leans odd, right. Yep. That, that you would wear it 
and and I, I suspect people would be kind of curious about that, right? Like if you're always wearing a glove, that that would bring up a lot of conversations, I think. Yeah. He gets asked all the time, why does he wear the glove? Because after you get to know him, you go, at first you think it's a fashion thing. But um, <clears throat> he was in a car accident. <clears throat> okay. Excuse me. Where... Um, he was driving down the road in a dirt road and the car flipped upside down. And as it turned, his arm went out the driver's side window and got pinned between the roof and the road. And so as the, as the car was sliding on its roof, his hand was being pinched between the roof of the car and the road. And um, the medical term for what happened to him was something that we all understood immediately because um, he was rushed to the hospital and the doctor said he was degloved. Ooh. <laughs> Which, if you can imagine what that means. <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. he. Um, so when you get degloved... <clears throat> by the medical definition, meaning you don't have skin on your hand anymore, then you wear a real glove for the rest of your life. So he has skin. He had, he had grafts, but what happened was it actually messed up a bunch of the nerves in his hand. And so what happened, he's got different fingers that feel different ways. So his, his middle finger and his, and his ring finger are like switched. So, no. yeah. So like if you touch his, if you touch one of his fingers, it feels like you're touching the other finger. And over time, over time, he's learned, you know, your brain compensates, right? Like if you learn that feeling means this finger, it's become less over time. But if he doesn't have a glove on the elements of hot and cold are extreme because the, the skin is thin. And then if you, if, if he bumps his hand or puts his hand on a table or something like that, it touches the nerve. But when you and I do it, it feels like it's hitting the back of the hand right where it goes. But because all his nerves got scattered when he, when the back of his hand touches, it it feels like it's be his whole hand is tingling. It's getting touched everywhere because it's firing nerves that are all in the wrong places. Wow. So that's great. That glove protects him. So he doesn't feel you know, it's not specifically on any of the nerves on his skin. So see, I think the oddest thing about this story at this point is that his nerves got all jumbled up the, like the finger thing, like that seems odd. Uh, I think the glove wearing no longer odd. Yeah. Cause it was a practical thing. It was not trying to make a statement. Um, the nerve thing is very common. If you have a deep cut, if you sever nerves, Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't put them all back together. My dad, uh-huh. my dad cut his foot on a pot on a open, a broken bottle running through uh-huh. the sprinklers when he was like a kid. Yeah. And to this day, if you ever touch my dad's foot, he'll, he'll kick you. It, it feels so weird to him. He's like, I can't really? explain it. If you touch my foot, all the nerves shoot and it feels bizarre. I don't have mm-hmm. the firsthand experience, so I shouldn't be the one explaining it, but my brother, the way my brother explains the sensation he feels when you touch his hand is uh, similar to my dad in the foot. So which, which brother is this? Michael. 
Michael. All right. Yep. All right. So he's been listening to the show. He enjoys it, says keep it up, and he's running the good race with us. 